0: Hey, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you real quick. Hey, come here, come here, come here. I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, come here, come here. Hey, just, just come here, man. Let me t- let me tell let, t- let me tell you something real quick, man. Just, just come on. What it do, everybody? How are y'all doing on this wonderful, wonderful Monday morning? Now, by the time you'll be listening to this episode, I told you guys I would be back, releasing episodes on Mondays once again. I know. The inconsistency, but I've been busy, man. I really have been. I've been working, you know, going up to the Furman, working games up there. It, it's hard. It's hard for a pimp these days. You feel me? It, it's, it's really hard for a pimp. But that's besides the point. Uh, welcome back to episode eighteen. If it it doesn't even feel like it's been eighteen episodes. Um, and we're kind of counting down if you think about it because the regular season's almost over. I think about what three games are left in the regular season, and right now I'll go ahead and say it. It's looking like. ETSU may come out on top and win the conference. However, I think Mercer could also make a bid because Mercer does have to play ETSU um, as their last game of the season on November 20th. But Chattanooga could also play a big part in this season if they beat Mercer. And if that happens, does, does Chattanooga just outright win the SOCOM because they have two they have two wins against the top two teams if that happens. I mean, it is just interesting how that all could turn out. Um I would like to ask people's thoughts on this though about the SoCon potentially expanding with maybe three teams joining. I think it was Elon, uh William and Mary, and Richmond being the three football schools that are only relevant in this podcast. If they were to join, do you guys think that it would be more favorable to have a kind of like a north and south or east and west SoCon um conference and then the the winner on which side of the division both winners on the two different divisions meet together play each other for the um southern conference championship I think that would be a lot better than just winning it all outright against all those teams I think it just makes it m- much more entertaining and it also gives that big school feel which I think a lot of the guys would actually like if I'm if I'm being quite frank I think it's just easier on the body too and you kind of have maybe you have a two or Maybe one or two games, kind of like cross conferences, but hey, or cross divisions, excuse me, but hey, I, I what do I know? I'm just a retired washed-up football player. Besides the point, uh, quick update: I will be back on air on ESPN Plus um, for November thirteenth at one thirty when Furman takes on VMI. That'll be their last regular season game. Uh, I'll be working, to my knowledge, unless something crazy happens. But who knows? But I'll definitely be working that game. And, yeah, so that's that's pretty much so far just the intro of it. So let's go ahead and just jump in and uh, let's get things rolling. So let's start off with Western Carolina and Wofford. I think Western Carolina's hit a stride, and um, I, I think that's good for them. I think they're going to be really excited to play Furman um, at home next week or this upcoming Saturday. And I think that's a big game for them because they right now they're on a two-game win streak, which I know isn't, like, super big. But just the way they've been playing all season, they kind of been in games. They've been out of games. And, you know, you get a really big win um, the weekend before that against the Citadel, which they haven't been playing very well. And I'll, I'll talk about them later. Then you get a really big win against Wofford. And now if you beat Furman, you pretty much beat all the schools in South Carolina that are in the SoCon. That's it's like saying North Carolina is better than South Carolina, right there. So I, I I don't I don't know if Western will pull that game off next Saturday. I they they more than likely can at this point. I I really think they can, but just to talk about the game, Rogan Wells, twenty one for 30, 309 yards in the air four touchdown passes, no interceptions. He he just played really really good. This is the Rogan Wells. I think my friend Dominic was talking about. I think this is the guy that. I was expecting to see from game one or game or week zero all the way to now that was the guy I was waiting to see. And it, it kind of took so long. And now that it's finally happened, it's too late now. I mean, this it's too late. I think Carlos Davis will be a really good quarterback uh, stepping in for Rogan Wells. Once this season is over. So I think Rogan Wells is, I think this is last year eligibility. So I like Carlos Davis being, being the guy um, next season. I think they will probably be a lot better to be honest with you, but um Wofford tried out two different quarterbacks um, and this guy named Penix. his last name is Penix. He, he played a little bit better than Corson, even though Penix only threw two passes. I mean, he completed both of them and got a touchdown out of it, 21 yards. And then uh, Corsten went two for 10 in an interception. I, I don't know what's going on with our quarterback situation at Wofford. Because um, you don't, I don't, I didn't see uh, Peyton. I didn't see Warrick, I didn't see any of those two guys. Uh, I think Warrick is out for the season. Maybe I don't know what's wrong with Derek, Um, but it's just they just it's it's like a sinking ship over there at at Wofford up there in Spartanburg. But at least Irvin Mulligan is still a guy that they can rely on. Their rush, their running game has been something consistent for them. Uh, They had twenty first downs regardless of how the game went. They had twenty first downs. They three hundred nine rushing yards. They played well on offense, at least running the ball. They played really really well. They just don't have a passing game. Hmm, that's gonna sound familiar very, very soon. Western finished with 459 yards of total offense, so defense didn't really do much in that game. Uh, the, the Wofford defense is just very, I don't know, it's bad. You know, I, I was talking with my dad about this, and we were making a comparison between uh, the Wofford teams I played against um, my three, my four year in my four years at Furman, uh, my freshman, sophomore, junior year, compared to this Wofford team that's playing now, and you can tell that, and I and I hate to say it like this, but Coach Conklin definitely wrote the the kind of the coattails of um, Coach Ayers' team, if, if that makes sense. If that doesn't make sense, I, I'm pretty sure it start making sense in a second. But he definitely wrote the, the coattails of that team because those those three Wofford teams that I played against were really good defensively, had a solid offense. They were just really good, and when Coach Conklin kind of came in my sophomore year even though we beat that Wofford team, like they still had a really, really good defense there. They had they had NFL talent on their defense. And you could tell, you know, one year they're figuring things out, maybe some new things, but everything was pretty much the same. We got the best of them that year. But they've traditionally had really, really good football teams. Now, here we are in 2021 in the spring half, not spring half, the excuse me, the fall half, and you can see that this is nowhere near the same team that, We that I'm used to seeing. They're just not good at all. Like defense isn't that good. Offense is horrendous. At least the passing game is horrendous. I mean, they just have they have nothing. This is not the triple option team I'm used to seeing that has so much success that usually contends for a conference championship. That was a three time conference championship contender. It's not the team that I'm used to seeing, which is unfortunate, but. I mean what what else can you do? I mean, Coach Conklin doesn't really have anything going right now. they're one in they're one in six or one in seven right now. um I think one in seven, yeah, one in seven right now. they haven't won a conference game yet. I mean it just doesn't look good for him. i mean it just it looks like you're right you wrote the coattails, and now that there's nothing left from Coach Ayre's teams, it's like, ah oh, crap, well I don't have anything now well what do we have? And right now it's not looking like much. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say he gets fired, but I definitely think his seat is definitely getting a little bit warmer as the season goes on. Wofford finished with 344 yards of total offense. And the final score of that game was 41 to 21. I did call Western beating Wofford. Leading up to this game, I I, I had a feeling Western was going to get it done. Um, I'm glad to see that that, that kind of came to fruition. So uh, Western de- definitely made me happy that game. All right. Mercer versus the Citadel. Whew. um I this is another team that's that that I knew wasn't going to be great even though they only have one conference win. They they're not great. Um and I'll go ahead and say the final score was 34 to 7. 34 to 7. Again, not a great football team, okay? Not but not by any stretch of the imagination. Not a great football team in the Citadel. Um, offensively, Jalen Adams has been pretty pretty good for them. They did uh, switch out quarterbacks at one point in the game, then switch Jalen Adams back in. I, I didn't really watch that game, um, but uh, it's kind of weird to me. I think you just keep playing Jalen Adams unless he got injured and you know they had to kind of sit him out for a little bit and then bring him back in. I don't know, but um, again, it, it it's just they Derek a little bit of a shell of their former selves. Still a physical football team that will come out that they, they just randomly show up. You never know which games they're going to show up to. And I feel like they they kind of know which games they want to show up to. I think they want to show up against Furman. They always want to show up against Wofford. They might show up against – they'll show up against VMI. I think those are the only three games they'll show up show up on. But other than that, I think they just lay down and they just take it. Um, it just it hasn't been impressive at all. I think Coach Brent Thompson hasn't done anything – Noteworthy with this team, I I don't see him being there at the end of the season. I'd be I I wouldn't be shocked if he still is there, but I just don't see it. Um, yeah, I I just don't see it, and that's just my thoughts on the Citadel. But let me just talk about the game uh quickly before I finish up my thoughts on them. Uh, Mercer outrushed the Citadel two hundred fifty eight yards to one seventy. You don't usually see that, especially the Citadel being held to one seventy yards. So, hmm, yeah. Yeah, you just you don't see that often. And now that their offense has been contained, what else do they have? Well, I'll tell you what they have. They have a passing game, barely. But the Citadel did out throw Mercer one hundred twelve yards to one hundred and four yards. So not not really good, but I mean okay. I mean that's okay for them. I mean, but it's not great. So total y- total yards of offense, Mercer had three sixty two. Citadel had two eighty two. Obviously, Mercer manhandled them on offense and defense, and I'm still not totally sold on Fred Payton. I think he's had some great games, but as of lately, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, wow, like Carter Peavy did when um, in, the, in the spring season. I think Carter Peavy played a really good season. I kind of hate that he lost out on that starting job to Fred Payton, but Fred Payton seems like he may be the better quarterback at the moment. But I, I, again, I'm not there in their practices. I'm not there in their meeting rooms. I'm not there in the locker room, so I don't know exactly what is the deal there? But kudos to Carter P for handling it the way he is. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to transfer somewhere else, but who knows? Might there might be an opening at Furman? I'm just kidding. Maybe. Um. So again, all right, right now, and I think Mercer's is a really good team right now. They're definitely the second best team, if not tied right now with Chattanooga for first place um, in terms of power rankings because you, you just don't know exactly where they'll end up at because if they beat Chattanooga hands down, Mercer will well, more than likely would probably win um, the SOCON until they play ETSU and that game could go either way. So you just don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just really you really don't know. But um, I think Mercer has a good, they have a good shot to win out the rest of their game. So does ETSU. Um, ETSU had a bye week this week, so you won't hear me talk too much about them um, unless I'm referencing them and how good they've been playing or where they are in the conference in my eyes. But I definitely say that it's between ETSU, Mercer, and Chattanooga. VMI is definitely making a, a point, and I'll talk about them later. Um, that'll be the last team I talk about, but they're definitely making a point. Um, and, again, that Mercer in the Citadel game was 34-7. I, again, I don't see Brent Thompson being there too much longer. I just don't think he is going to be the head coach there unless some drastic changes happen they there. They're a young team. He's admitted that. And so, I, again, I don't know, but – I picked Mercer to win this game, so I'm I'm glad they lived up to to the hype there. And we're gonna move on to the biggest disappointment that happened on Saturday. Furman and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga. It was Chattanooga's homecoming. TO was there. If you don't know who TO is, that's Terrell Owens, Hall of Fame wide receiver. And whew, not a not a big offensive game scoring wise. Um yeah, you're you're gonna understand what I'm about to say. So, I just want to say a quick shout out to the Furman defense for keeping the game as close as they did. Because had that been any other defense, I'm willing to bet it would have probably been about thirty-five to three, if that, if that. So, mm. but I'll, I'll get Furman de Furman's defense their, their kudos for that. Kind of some missed assignments that happened that um, hurt them here and there, but. Other than that, I think they they played solid. You know, they weren't bad. I mean, they made some got some turnovers. I mean, the only thing that really kind of stood out to me was, gosh, Almighty, Liam Ford and um, I think his name's Terrell Price. They're one of the other Chattanooga running back. Man, they just literally were running through tackles, like running through Furman's defense. It was like watching a hot knife go through butter at times. I mean, it was hard for guys to make tackles on those on those two guys. They just ran the ball all over them. I mean, it, it was it was a crazy game to watch that. And I, I just, wow. I mean, they have 18 first downs that game. So, I mean, obviously, Chattanooga's offense played really well. And I knew they were going to run the ball well. Their offensive linemen are really good up front. They run the ball pretty well. They played a, a, a Kentucky team that's been ranked high. They played them really close. So, I mean, yeah, no, this Chattanooga team is very legit. And – I kind of – I think I said – yeah, I said it um, in the preseason that if Chattanooga had better quarterback play, they could beat – they would beat Furman. And I still had Chattanooga winning the game. And, lo and behold, Chattanooga had better quarterback play. So, yeah. But, again, the score should have probably been a lot worse, but Furman's defense is probably one of the more clutches – probably the clutches defense in this conference. So, that happened. All right. Let's talk about Furman's offense. Where should I start? Just really, 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 bad offensive production. Just terrible offensive production. Like, oh my goodness. Jace Wilson goes four for 14, 46 yards, I think, in an interception. I mean, he's a young freshman quarterback, but I mean, in a game like that, it's so close and... I, th- I you know I I don't know I I don't think you just and I I'm not a coach for I'm I'm not a coach for a, a very good reason but I think you just give Hemp system a try you just never know I mean if you're really trying to still win out and hope for a playoff spot or hope some teams lose along the way to kind of boost you up in there then you know you maybe you make the switch I don't know maybe you, you know but I, I it's hard it's it's hard to talk about. Cause it's just it's just mind-boggling. It's just really bad offensive production. They couldn't run the ball well. I mean, they really shouldn't even hit the hundred and ten yards they had. Just they bust. I think Furman. Yeah, Furman had a big run at the end of the um towards the end of the game. That kind of got them in that hundred plus yard, uh, rushing game. And it was really bad offensive production. And again, six only six first downs for the Paladins on offense. That was just bad. That's really bad. Total yards on of offense one fifty-seven to four eighteen. Chattanooga had more passing yards than Furman had total offense. That's just how – that's how lopsided it was. I mean, again, like I said, Chase Wilson was struggling. There was no Devin Wynn. Wayne Anderson gets a start. He only gets one carry for a yard. So, it's just really confusing where this offense is going. No one knows right now. I don't know. You know, it's hard to look at it and say there's hope right now because it just doesn't look good. Um it's just really bad. I mean, I hate it for that Furman defense, such, such a great defense that they don't have the offense to match it. It's just really, again, really, really bad. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, and at times too, and I've had this talk with, with some former players as well, and I won't name them, but, um, if, if Devin Wynn isn't playing, and I think he's still nicked up from that, he's actually, I don't think, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty much no, but, He's he's nicked up from that Wofford game that they had, um, few several weeks ago now, a few weeks ago now, um, still nicked up. So I'm not going to reveal the the exact injury, but I know he's nicked up still, because um, he w- he wasn't even at the game. He didn't dress. He didn't show up. So is, I know he's injured. Um, you don't have him. Okay, Dominic Roberto played a really good game against the Citadel. Rushed for over hundred some hundred thirty yards or rushed for hundred thirty yards. Excuse me. Um, and he doesn't really get the rock that much, okay? Uh, Wayne Anderson, one of the faster players on on the Palins football team, he gets to start at running back or tailback. He only gets one carry for a yard. Oh, that's a kind of raise your eyebrows on that one. Then you got Kendall Thomas, who's a younger guy, who's also one of the faster players on the team from Texas. He gets, you know, maybe six, seven carries, but he doesn't get a lot of yards out of it. So the run game isn't there. Okay, all right, let's hope for the passing game. Well, we know the passing game isn't there because it just either the protection was bad, and there's sometimes the left tackle got beat pretty bad. Um, left guard kind of got pushed into the quarterback's lap one time, but kind of recovered late. Um, I mean, just it's it's not there yet offensively. I, I don't know. It was just a really bad game by them mean, all, all credit to Chattanooga. They're a really good football team, offense and defense. They they've played really they played really really good um, Saturday. So it, it's just it's confusing to where the state of this offense is going. I don't think it's going anywhere fast. Um, I think at this point you're if you know if I was a coach for the Palins, I I'm trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, you know, and then regroup in the off when spring practice or winter practice in their case rolls around. We think of different plays that will get our quarterbacks going, because right now it's just Jace Wilson making plays on his with his feet, and I not and he hasn't looked fast enough to escape, you know, guys trying to sack him or, or whatnot. It, it just hasn't been this clean. He's made some, don't get me wrong, he's made a lot of great plays with his feet, but Saturday it just didn't look like he could make those same plays. And I, I will say one play that was really good was um, Chattanooga brought like an all-out blitz. Um, literally everybody's on the line. Receivers were uncovered. It was a quarterback sneak. I don't know if it was actually really a quarterback sneak that was the play call, but it looked like a quarterback sneak. James Wilson got free, maybe 20 yards, maybe a little bit more than that down the field. Really, really good play there by by the freshman quarterback. But I, you know, I'm just hoping they kind of give them more. Let them take some deep shots. You got number two, Josh, Josh Harris, who's an, an emerging talent. Throw it up to him. Throw it up to Ryan Miller. One of the fastest players on your offense. Get Find ways to get these guys going. There's so much talent in this offense, yet there's it just doesn't show in the stat book, which is very, very disappointing. And there's a lot of people that are disappointed by that. I'm one of them right now. But, again, right now, if I'm down, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work, recalibrate, regroup, come back next season, and find a way to kind of put your name back on the map because it's just not looking good for the offense. And, again, I hate that for I hate it for the defense. All right. Final score of that game was three to thirteen. Final game Sanford versus VMI, and honestly, this is probably the reason why Sanford won't win any type of conference cha- championship anytime soon because they just have the absolute worst defense in this conference, just hands down the absolute worst. Thirty-eight to seventeen at half, Sanford is winning the ball game. Okay, you give up a field goal at the you know at the beginning of the second half, and then you just start giving up more and more and more points. And all of a sudden, you realize, oh, crap, it's 45 to 46. They came back, and they're winning right now. And it's like offense has done their job. I I feel like if any offense puts up more than 24 points in a football game, it is up to that defense to find a way to get the stops so that way the game is won. You can have a tight game when it's 24 to 17, 24-20, 24-21, but if you if your offense puts up thirty eight freaking points, you you gotta put the game away, make the stops. You've been stopping them the whole quarter, the whole half. Make the stops, put the damn game away. That's all you gotta do. And it's not like Liam Welsh was playing terrible. I mean, the kid played amazing. It's probably his best game as of late right now. Bald. He only got sad once. The offensive line protected well. No interceptions. Gave a solid three hundred sixty five yard passing game performance. Led in rushing with sixty eight yards. You, you you can't beat that. I mean, attributed to over to over four hundred and twenty yards of total offense. You can't beat that. That's a good game by him. You gotta win the game if you're up thirty eight to seventeen at half. You can't let teams come back and beat you. I'm sorry if I'm I'm, I'm getting frustrated because that frustrates me, especially being an offensive guy. That frustrates me. <sighs> Sanford's defense, man. I tell you, and, and and if you if you haven't heard the. Um, the episode I did with, um, with Chris, Chris Edmonds, uh, one of the Sanford's DBs who's been all American, it was all American, uh, this past spring. Go back and listen to that episode because he even said it. They don't finish games. They don't put the games away. That's the reason why they lost to, to us when we played them in the spring with that game went into overtime. That's the reason why they lost that game. Cause they don't know how to finish football games. So I don't know if that's an internal thing. Maybe the defensive coordinator has to echo that a little bit more or, Maybe the head coach has to echo that a little bit more. I don't understand. You have probably the number one passing offense in the, in the conference, but you have the absolute worst defense in the conference at the same time, and that's the reason why you're not winning. It's like watching the Kansas City Chiefs play a football game right now when you watch Sanford play. It's just not, it's just not good defensively, and sometimes offensively it's not good either. But this time it was really good offensively, and I just hate that was the way he had to go out. Because if Sanford wins that game, <laughs> VMI is out the running, easily out the running. But oh well, VMI still in it. Thank you, Um, Seth Morgan uh from the spring season also finally arrived. It took I don't know how many weeks, but he has finally arrived, and there's no better time to do that than in the middle of SOCOM playing when you're when you're tied for pretty much first place. They're in a good spot. If he plays the way he played, yes, on, on Saturday, now albeit. It was against the worst defense in his conference, but I mean, if he plays somewhat similar to that, I mean, gosh almighty, he threw for 463 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions by far best game of his career, easily best game of his career. He just played really, really well. I mean, this is the kid I've been waiting to see play, you know, it's just, again, I hate it took that long for that to happen. So, what was the total offensive numbers, Cole? Well, I'll tell you: Sanford five forty-seven, VMI six twenty-two. Staggering numbers. Again, Sanford's defense shouldn't have given up that many yards. You're up thirty-eight to seventeen. Put the dog on game away. If, if all right, I'll put it like this: They scored seventeen in the first half. Okay, two touchdowns and a field goal. Okay, that happened. All right, that happened. Oh, excuse me. Yes, two touchdowns and the field goal. That's how. That's how they got. Yes. Okay. That happened. All right. Whoop-de-doo. If anything, if you're going to give up a massive amount of points again, I I will give them a leeway to let them put up another 17 points in the second half. I will be okay with that. Make the final score 45 to the 34, okay? M- make it like that. All right, that's a little bit more. All right, you know, Sanford's defense is going to do that. They're not that great. But 45 to 46 is just – it's like a slap in the face to that Sanford offense. It really is. It's like a huge slap in the face. And I, wow, I I can't keep talking about it because it's gonna make me more upset. But um, and, oh, and also they 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 made me they made an idiot out of me because I picked Sanford to win that game. But no, no, yeah, I picked Sanford to win that game. and picked VMI to lose. But hey, they want to make an idiot out of me. So um, hmm, not not very nice words I have to say right now about Sanford. So. Record this week, though, was 3-1, and which I will take proudly. It was a good week for me. Um, 36-13 overall. That's not bad at all. I think that's pretty good. That's really good, honestly. I think I know SoCon football. Huh? Maybe I should talk to the commissioner and uh, tell him I pretty much know exactly who's going to win every week almost. But, again, really good week. Football is going to be an even, uh, even more exciting week next week because, one... These are the games that everyone should be watching. Uh, Furman versus Western Carolina is going to be a good game. And you're probably like, wait, what? No, it's not. Let me tell you why it's going to be a good game. Because one team is struggling like crazy on offense, and sometimes they'll show up, sometimes they won't, versus a team that's finally hit a stride. That's always typically a good game, because either the stride gets stopped or the stride continues. And then the biggest game is at 1 o'clock between VMI and ETSU because both of those teams are, tie, are pretty much tied for first place. So whoever wins that game is going to have a, very, a little bit more of an easier ride to winning the conference championship. Because if ETSU beats VMI, VMI had already beat Mercer, and Chattanooga has to see Mercer before anybody else um, left. Well, before VM, before ETSU has to see, um, Mercer if Chattanooga gets that win, that would be huge. So anything's possible. VMI could also beat ETSU because they're playing pretty great. We'll see how ETSU comes off this bye week. I always think that teams coming off bye week should always win the game that they're about to play, but sometimes that may not be the case, especially if a team gets hot. So who knows? I mean, this is that's going to be a really good football game. I'm excited for it, but. Um. Again, you will see me um November thirteenth on ESPN Plus. At make sure I have the time right. Uh, two o'clock. But just tune in at one thirty so you don't miss anything. Um, on ESPN Plus, November thirteenth, Furman versus VMI. Uh, that'll be my last color game for this football season, unless some, again something crazy happens. But hey, tune in. Thank you guys for listening for episode eighteen. Look forward to seeing you guys for episode 19. And I will have three special guests joining me all at the same time. And we will have a fun conversation about Southern Conference football. All right. See y'all soon.